as I'm sure you all know, well, you knew before the podcast came out, but I reminded you of this in context only, not actually pointing it out because I couldn't be sure at the time that I recorded the podcast. Boy, this is a big roundabout way to get to my basic point. The Bengals lost the Super Bowl. Don't cry out loud. Just keep it inside. And learn how to hide your feelings. Fly high and proud. And if you should fall, remember you almost And of course, yes, I wanted them to win, and they were so close. But alas, they were not the victors of the night. But still, it was so cool to watch a Super Bowl. This is the first Super Bowl I ever remember watching that I gave one or even two shits about the actual game, which is good because the commercials sucked balls. The halftime show, yeah, I've never been a big hip-hop fan, but I was actually looking forward to this one for some reason. There was just something different and slightly nostalgic about it. But I thought it was ludicrous. Ludicrous wasn't in the show. Not that ludicrous. It was stupid that the set they were using in the middle of the field was pretty one-sided. From one side of the field, a whole half of the stadium, this giant stadium, couldn't see what was going on because they were in a compartment that only faced one side of the stadium or the arena. That sounds like poor planning. It was. But I took in all of the awesomeness of the game itself. Like one little thing, like seeing the Bengals' name painted into one of the end zones in the Super Bowl. That was super cool for me to see. And again, just actually caring about the game itself. But back to the commercials, those were awful. There were not really any big winners that I saw. I mean, even one of the ones that should have been really good, I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek. I probably stumbled over her name a little bit. That's fine. But it was like he was Zeus and everybody around him always wanted him to shoot lightning into whatever they were using, a golf cart, an electric trimmer for hedges, and he was getting sick and tired of having to be the one to charge up all of these people's shit that ran on electricity. And then at the end, his wife, Salma Hayek, buys him an electric car, and he's all excited because it's all electric. That doesn't make any sense. He should have wanted a diesel or absolutely combustible gas engine because he's sick of charging things that are all electric. Fail. Fail on that commercial. And I wasn't really a big fan of, I've, maybe it was Verizon or for a phone, but Dolly Parton reaching into her shirt and pulling a phone out from under her old sweaty titties. I will tell you that it made me want to put my nachos down. I'm not hungry anymore, Dolly. But yeah, just fail on the commercials. Boo. So, before we get into anything else, I want to apologize in advance if my voice sounds a little hoarse or husky or tired today. It is, because yesterday I had a 14-hour day with the school I work with, with music instruction. So that's 14 hours of working with kids between the ages of 5 and 17 or 18, all of whom are either holding a microphone, holding a guitar that's plugged into an amp, playing a loud keyboard through a PA system, or sitting behind a 
a drum kit, which means instruction, rehearsals, things like that requires me to speak loudly. And that's normally not a big issue for normal operating hours. But yesterday was an extended day because of a added event. But 14 hours of that, whoo, that takes a toll. So hopefully next week, I'll be back to the crystal clarity voice that you've become accustomed to. So last week, I talked about the ice and snowstorm, mostly ice, that befell us here in central Ohio and I'm sure many other places in the country. I am glad to report that as of today, pretty much all of the snow and ice has melted because we were in the high 50s yesterday and today also in the mid to high 50s with a buttload of rain. But that rain was warmer than what it was coming down on, so it melted it. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we're through pretty much the worst of the winter and honestly, this winter, not that bad. Only really a couple incidents so far that tripped us up with traffic and transport. And on these warmer days, I can smell the warm air. I can smell the warm rain. One of my favorites. We're coming into spring, people. I know the groundhog said six more weeks. I don't agree with the groundhog. I think that whole tradition is really stupid. First off, we know the groundhog doesn't even know what a shadow is. And if he did see the shadow, there's no way he could communicate that to any other human being because groundhogs can't talk. Maybe next year for Groundhog Day, I'll do a special just dedicated to the ridiculous history of that ridiculous holiday. But of course, coming into spring and summer, what's going to happen, people, with... Shh, don't say it, Jeff. It's fine with COVID. We are now right around the two-year anniversary of when all this shit happened and really started ramping up in the U.S. with quarantines and masks and all of that. And we know that every time we go into a seasonal shift, the experts and the officials always tell us what they want us to hear for those seasons. When we go into warm weather, it's like, oh no, we're going into warm weather. This is when the virus can really thrive. Or alternately, oh no, we're going into winter weather. This is when the virus might lay dormant, or we might see spikes of both COVID and flu cases. No one has talked about the flu in two years, even though COVID, for the most part, is just a really bad flu. But right now, COVID is crickets. I am not really seeing a whole lot in the headlines, in the news, in my feeds about COVID. It's very quiet. Granted, there's not a whole lot of other news to talk about right now. I mean, we did have the Super Bowl. We have the Olympics going on. So there are things that these news outlets can fill their time with. But I implore all of you, if you see a link, a feed, a news program, anything that's going to be about COVID, don't click it. Don't watch it. Don't read it. All of that stuff basically provides ratings or revenue, and they're like, well, as long as we're getting ratings and revenue, we're just going to keep giving them this shit. If we as a people say we're done paying attention to this shit, I assure you, you will never hear about it again, because the news is absolutely 100% based on ratings and profit, not news. That's sad, but it's true. So, many of you might be seeing the title to this episode and be wondering, how old is Jeff? 
because many of you don't really know much about me other than just hearing my voice. Maybe I've referenced my age or my kids' ages in the past, so you assume I'm in a certain age group, and you assume correctly I'm not elderly. I feel elderly, and that is what we're going to discuss on this episode. Well, we're not going to discuss it. I'm going to discuss it. You guys, you provide nothing. Thanks a lot. Hey, that's not nice, Jeff. So earlier, I was wondering, how close am I to being considered elderly or geriatric? Because I would think that middle age is more like their 30s and 40s, maybe early 50s, but I was wrong. Uh, Middle age is actually 40 to 60, so I've still got eh, about 13, a little over 13 years until I'm considered elderly. That does not mean I am not afflicted with things that are synonymous with the elderly. Let's start out with Jeffy's recent falls, my fall at Halloween when I landed on my stairs, my recent fall in the garage when I landed on the steps of my garage. I mean, just falling a lot, that is typically something that is a concern or more common with elderly people. But I'm doing it a lot these days, and I don't like it. Also, I've noticed in the past couple years that I'm starting to mix up names. When I want to say someone's name like a child or a pet, I flip them around. My mom is famous for this. She has been doing this for decades. We had a cat when I was growing up called Doofus, and she would routinely call Doofus Jeff and call me doofus. She would realize instantly that she said the wrong name, but I guess I take after my mom when it comes to exhibiting elderly behaviors at a much earlier age. Another trait about me that could be synonymous with the elderly is I only listen to talk radio. I don't listen to music. I mean, on occasion, and when I do, I listen to classic rock. And a lot of people that know me think that's weird that I'm a musician and I never listen to music. But honestly, with music in this day and age... I'm just making myself sound more elderly with this comment, but with music in this day and age, it all sounds like the same shit they were writing 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Hasn't been a whole lot of innovation with popular music over the years in any genre. So that's why I don't listen. I've already heard it. I don't need to hear your version of Pearl Jam. I'm sure there are other attributes about me that you could make synonymous with being elderly, like my love of knitting and the fact that I wear Depends when I go to bed. Okay, that's a lie. I don't do either of those things. But yesterday, I threw my back out, and it was not pleasant. And as I sit here recording this, I am relatively uncomfortable and in pain because I have to sit upright in this computer chair. But we will get to yesterday's incident a little bit later. Let's rewind and discuss the first time I threw my back out. Or rather, Jeff's introduction to being elderly. So this would have been sometime around 2011, so a little over 10 years ago. And I had laundry that I needed to fold. The dryer was done. I took the basket to the dryer, and the plan was, as I always do, to just take the clothes out of the dryer, dump them into the basket, take the basket to the family room, then fold the clothes, and then systematically put them back in the basket to take them back upstairs and put away. Thank you for explaining how folding laundry works. But for some 
reason, on this occasion, I thought, hey, maybe I can save time if I just fold the laundry straight out of the dryer and put it in the basket. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. So I bent over, I grabbed an article of clothing, I folded it, I put it in the basket. Now it places the lotion in the basket. I bent over again, folded, put it in the basket. Put the fucking lotion in the basket! I repeated this several times and at one point I bent over to grab an article of clothing and realized I can't stand up. And that is how Jeff threw his back out the very first time. It places the lotion in the basket. And that stupid, simple reason for injuring my back caused me days and days of just not being able to walk, not being able to get out of a chair properly, not being able to sit down in a chair properly. It was awful. And eventually, after several days, out of what I felt was necessity, I went to see a chiropractor for the first time and only time in my life. I went there for two visits. The first one was kind of like an introductory visit and a basic adjustment. And then the second one was a follow-up with a focus on the area of my back that I had injured. And after both chiropractic visits, I will say my back was feeling better. However, those were spanned over like a five-day period. So there's also nothing to say that maybe without the chiropractor, just that extra five days of letting my back heal wouldn't have done the trick all by itself. Of course, after those two visits, my chiropractor wanted me to come back for regular adjustments and preventative maintenance. But I said, no, thank you. As I was hesitant, like I felt like going to a chiropractor might be almost like the equivalent of cracking your knuckles. I am a knuckle cracker. I will tell you why. As a child, a young child, my brother, my older brother used to pin me down and crack my knuckles because it hurt. And he was an older brother. So his job was to be a dominant asshole. But over time, I actually started to feel like, hey, I need to crack my knuckles. So I started doing it myself, and to this day, I still do it. I am sure that will be the cause of arthritis at some point in my life, more elderly problems, but it's difficult to stop. And the same thing with chiropractic. I mean, that is just cracking knuckles, but in your neck and in your back, maybe your hips. I don't know. I don't know what all they do at a chiropractor. But I knew if I started going to a chiropractor regularly, I would rely on having to go to a chiropractor regularly. And I didn't want that. So I said no, and I stopped. And I've never gone back since. And right now, even with my current back pain, not even a consideration. I'm going to let it heal. I'm going to rest. I'm going to take it easy. Let the muscles work themselves out because I know it's all muscular. This has nothing to do with my spine or cracking my back knuckles. And another reason why I never really considered going to a chiropractor like something I wanted to do routinely or even in an emergency situation is because chiropractors are treated different in health insurance. Many times, not covered. When they are, it's usually just a percentage. Why is that? Why does the insurance community not recognize chiropractors the same way that they recognize doctors? Well, first off, I'll let you know, chiropractors are not MDs. They are not licensed or schooled or trained to actually treat people for anything other than just cracking your back knuckles. And while it was never my intent when doing the show prep for this episode, it was never my intent to make this a argument against going to a chiropractor, but I did a little research and I would like to share that with you. Yay! So the act of chiropractic spinal adjustments started in 1895 by a 
finger quotes Dr. Daniel D. Palmer, who adjusted one of his patient's spines and then claimed that he, in that process, cured his patient of his deafness, which, of course, we all know is bullshit. If that was the case, anyone who is deaf would just go to a chiropractor. But it does kind of make sense because he would later go on to insist that chiropractic practices were the cure-all, the one-stop shop for every single human disease. He could cure anything. Cancer, sore throat, sore back, flat feet. Anything could be cured with a visit to the chiropractor. He had a son, B.J. Palmer, who also got involved in the practice, and they opened schools for chiropractic practitioners. I don't know what you call them. They're not doctors. So now let's fast forward to 1913 when D.D. Palmer, the father, was killed during the homecoming for the Palmer School of Chiropractic. How was he killed? Thank you for asking. He was run over by his son, B.J. Palmer. After the fact, there was a lot of speculation that this was a deliberate attempt, a murder, essentially, a son killing his father. But at the time, the cause of death listed on his death certificate was typhoid. That doesn't make any sense. No, it does not make any sense. The dude was run over by a car. And I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure the symptoms for typhoid and being run over by a car are dramatically different. I don't think it takes a forensic analyst to look at the dude that was run over and died and say, I don't think that was typhoid. Let's go ahead and eliminate that one. But all that to say that chiropractic was off to a very weird start. And over the years and decades, chiropractic has been considered by much of the medical community and many of the organizations, including the AMA, to be complete myth or quackery. In fact, today, many doctors will never recommend that one of their patients goes to a chiropractor because they're not a doctor. Instead, they will refer them to a specialist, but not somebody who's just going to crack your back knuckles. So, of course, when you're talking about people and potential quackery afoot, that would lead one to say, well, is chiropractic safe? Because these are people making manipulations to your spine, to your neck. Those are pretty important. One wrong move, I mean, with a spine, you could be paralyzed. For that reason, that's the same reason I don't bungee jump, is the same reason I don't go to a chiropractor. Because while it's safe most of the time, well, not every time. And one fact that I found in this regard as far as the legitimacy of chiropractic versus actual medicine, this was a study done from 1997 to 2000 in California, and it showed there were twice as many reported violations for chiropractors than actual medical practitioners or doctors. Additionally, there was a nine times higher fraud rate from the chiropractic community versus the medical community. That's not good. From a safety perspective, kind of what I was talking about with bungee jumping, I found a statistic on, I believe it was chiro.org. So these are chiropractors reporting their own information. And it was regarding neck manipulations. And it stated that every year, in just the United States alone, there are 40 to 50 adjustment-based strokes. So these are people having strokes because of the neck manipulation or adjustment that they received. 40 to 50 every year. Of those people, 12 of them die. 12 deaths 
every year because of a chiropractic visit gone wrong. I'm sure if there were 12 bungee jump deaths every year in the U.S., I didn't look this up. Maybe there are. I don't know. But I would think you would hear about it more, and at some point it would become outlawed. I know 12 isn't a huge number, but it's also not insignificant when we're talking about death. So again, all this research kind of supported my ideas of why I haven't really wanted to go see a chiropractor unless I felt it was absolutely necessary. That was only one time, two visits, never happened since, and most likely never happen again. Doesn't mean that just because I see and read these stats that I 100% am anti-chiropractic. I understand that I could probably find statistics and evidence from another side and another argument that would counter all of this and show me, well, that's just 12 people, but look at how many people we helped. And that mentality is something I think the entire world needs to embrace a little bit more. Just because you see stats or facts doesn't mean you need to form your opinion immediately. So no, I'm not anti-chiropractic. However, I do want to point out chiropractors are killing 12 people a year in the U.S. just off of neck adjustments. I'm afraid to look up the back adjustments. Okay, so we can finally get to the story of how Jeffy hurt his back. It was February 16th, 2022. On an early, brisk Ohio morning, the sun was rising in the east as local commuters made their way to their place of employment. All right, we don't need a narrator for this. I can just tell you conversationally. So as I mentioned yesterday was a very long day, so I'm just going to kind of outline it. So the place where I teach music instruction is normally open more of an afternoon through night kind of thing because the students, a lot of them are younger. They have to go to school during the day, so it doesn't make sense for the school to really be open earlier in the day. However, there was like an event yesterday where the school I work for was doing kind of a partnership or promotional thing with a local prep school, like a high school, for Arts Day. So there was a variety of different people in different classrooms. Some were painters. I'm sure there were graphic designers. We were there from a music instruction perspective. We had to be at the school and set up by 8 a.m. And then the sessions, there were four sessions that would go until 3 p.m. with a one-hour lunch break in the middle. And then at 3 p.m., we would have to tear all the stuff down in the classroom really quick, load it back up in the van, and by stuff, I'm talking an electronic full drum kit, multiple PA speakers, like six guitars, a bass, three guitar amps, a bass amp, multiple bags of cables and microphones and tuners, mic stands, speaker poles, a lot of stuff. But when the event ended at three o'clock, we would have to break all this down, load it up and get back to our school because our instruction and lessons would start at four o'clock. So very little time. And then the day at our school would go until 8 p.m. So again, eight to eight, 12 hour day. However, because we had to be set up at the other school by eight o'clock, we had to show up to our school at 7 a.m. to load the equipment in my van and get to that school, unload it, set up, and be ready to go by 8. So we get to the school at 7, and as soon as we walk in, there's like a beeping from the wall, and it's not the alarm system. We don't know what it is, but it, we're like, what is this? We're freaking out. The owner is out of town and on California time, so we know we're probably not a good chance we're going to reach him at 4 a.m. his time. So at this point, I'm like, holy crap, let's just get the stuff in the van. 
van and get out of here ASAP. I mean, we're allowed to be there, but we didn't. We needed to get to the school. We couldn't take time with cops showing up or whatever for some stupid malfunction in some system that we didn't even know was beeping at us. So the first thing I know needs to go into the van is this electronic drum kit, and it's all pretty much in one piece, so it's awkward and heavy. It's kind of folded up a little bit, but not much. And while the other guy I'm with is trying to figure out whatever's making the beeping, I just take it upon myself to grab the kit and start moving it from this staging area through two doorways, one of those doorways being the one to the outside where my van was waiting with the back hatch open. But it's still weird to manipulate this kit through these narrow vertical doorways by myself and then lift it and manipulate it into the van and get it positioned. After that, we both just tag teamed it. We got the rest of the stuff loaded up multiple, multiple trips, lots of stuff, and we started driving to the school, which was very close to our school. As we were arriving at the school we were heading to, the prep school, I started feeling like a soreness in my lower back and told the other guy, I'm like, God, I feel old. I'm just lifting some basic equipment at 7 a.m. and I've already got a sore back. As we got out of the van at the prep school, I realized I can't walk normally. This is not just a sore back, but we didn't have any choice but to unload the van, and I had to help with that, and then also load the van again later, unload the van, and be standing up the entire time while at the prep school giving instruction to these kids, and then also standing up the majority of the time when we got back to our school from 3 to 8. Needless to say, that was a grueling 13 hours. Not because of the kids or the instruction, but because of my back. I was finding it very hard to walk upright, and when I would give lessons later in the day when we were back at our school, like a guitar lesson in a smaller room where I would sit on a stool, it felt good to sit down, but then once I got up, oh boy, I had to shake everything out again, or rather just let my body adjust to be standing again for a while. And of course, by the time I arrived home last night, it was now almost 15 hours since I had left my house and I was exhausted. And I flopped into my recliner, back on fire. I hadn't taken the time to find the heating pad in my home and instead just sat down for about 40 minutes and chilled. But I knew I'm gonna need the heating pad soon. So after the show that I watched in those 40 minutes, I got up and oh boy, that 40 minutes of being in the recliner, again, it was just like being on a stool for 30 minutes in a guitar lesson where the minute I stood up, I couldn't really stand up. I was at a lean, I was bent forward a little bit, my body did not want to stretch out. But I went and found the heating pad and then used that for the remainder of the night. So then I go to bed, totally exhausted, and I am a type of person who needs to roll over constantly in the night. My shoulders suck. I have issues with both my shoulders from when I used to play hockey as a goalie. So routinely my body gets very uncomfortable laying on one side or one shoulder. So I flip over a lot, maybe as much as twice an hour. But I will tell you that last night I could barely roll over. My body did not want to twist, it didn't want to shuffle, it didn't want to scoot. And because I sleep pretty much on the edge of the bed, despite being a queen bed, that's just how I am. If I was facing toward the center of the bed and then woke up and needed to roll over, I'm trying to like throw my weight to get my body from my side to my back. But the minute I do that, I'm really close to the edge now and falling off and busting my head on the end table. And normally I realize this now when I would do this in the night when my back doesn't hurt, I do kind of a turnover plus a scooch. 
to get myself further away from the edge and I don't fall off. So I would have to throw my body weight to one side to go to my back and then centimeter by centimeter just try and scooch myself over so that I could try and throw my body weight onto the other side without falling off and then try and scooch myself centimeter by centimeter a little bit more away from the edge. It was not pleasant. It was not a great night's sleep. Given that when I would sit down for long periods of time, it would make me feel almost completely immobilized when I would try to stand up, I had already assumed that when I got up this morning, after laying down perfectly still for hours, sleeping, that I was going to be in rough shape. But I will say, originally when my alarm went off and I was facing the opposite direction, in order to roll over this morning, it was a much easier process than when I got into bed and in the middle of the night. So that felt promising, but then I got up to get out of bed, go take a pee-pee, and it was not very good. I mean, not really worse than last night, but pretty much the same. And the more I walked, the more I stood, the more I moved, the worse I felt. I actually had plans with my kids tonight to take them out to dinner, kind of a joint birthday celebration for their recent birthdays, but I felt like I had no choice but to let them know, can we reschedule? So we're going to do that Monday lunch, but I already knew at that point in time, I I don't want to walk into a restaurant totally crooked, partially leaning over. Like when I stand in the mirror and look at myself, my upper body is leaning to the right to a pretty significant degree. So it looks like legs going straight up, then a body that is completely crooked, and then the head going straight up. It's really weird. And it's because my lower right back muscles have contracted to a point that it's just pulling my side down. And I also noticed when I got up this morning that my left hip muscles were sore. And I assume that's from the extra work they're doing just to try and keep my body upright from where I've been standing and walking in the last 24 hours. But when I have seen myself in the mirror in this last 24 hours, it's actually a little little creepy how much of a lean there is to my torso while the rest of my body is normal. So regardless of not meeting my kids today, I still had a long day yesterday and I just felt so exhausted and in pain last night that I didn't shower before bed, so I needed a shower this morning. And I thought the hot water might be helpful. Let me tell you that shower was a horrifying, miserable experience. I was able to lift my feet just enough to wash my feet, but my calves, not so much. The only washing that my calves and my shins got today was whatever soap and water just happened to run over them from my upper body. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. This translated to a very difficult and incomplete drying process when I got out of the shower because for the same reason that I couldn't really properly wash my feet or my calves, I couldn't dry them. So I had to drip dry the, you know, everything from the knee down drip dried for a little bit. So now it's time to put on my boxer briefs. This was fun because the issue is with my lower right back. I have discovered that it is the left leg that I have the least mobility with, which would make sense because being opposite, complete opposite of that problem spot, it requires the most flexibility to manipulate. So I was able to get my right foot up enough and while holding the waistband of my boxer briefs to get my right foot through the right leg hole. 
I then attempted the left foot, and I'm sitting down to do this, mind you, because I know standing up is impossible. And even sitting down on the edge of the bed, I just could not get my left foot up enough to where I was able to hold on to the waistband of the boxer brief. So now this is like a scene out of a sitcom where I have to kind of drop the boxer briefs onto the floor with my right foot still through the right leg. And now I'm kind of pushing my toe and my left foot into the boxer briefs to try and just manipulate those through the left leg hole. Unfortunately, because this is kind of a stretch fabric, my toes, or primarily my big toe, kind of got caught in the fabric of the hip, and it took a lot of work to actually get my foot through the hole, at which point then I could just reach the waistband enough with my right hand to pull it up, then grab it with my left hand and get them on. At which point I realized, oh no, holy shit, I have to do this again right now with my pants. Luckily, because my jeans were a little less spandexy, I guess is the term, it was easier to get those on, but still very painful. I knew for the most part that I wasn't going to do anything today. That's why I canceled dinner with the kids. And really, I didn't want to be out in public walking the way I'm walking because I look like a broken elderly person. But Goobs the cat is out of cat food. Well, she has a little in her bowl, but I was already planning on getting her more cat food today. I just did not plan on going to the store being an actual feat or accomplishment. But I didn't have a choice. So now I have to put socks and shoes on when I could barely put my freaking boxer briefs on. I'm like, how is this going to happen? So I took socks and shoes. I got in my recliner. I rocked back so I didn't have to bend at the waist as much. And then all I'm doing is bringing my feet to me. So I managed to get my socks and shoes on, kind of reclining in my recliner. Now comes the fun part. Driving. Well, not just driving, getting in the van. That that proved to be one of the worst parts of the expedition was getting in and out of the van because I'm getting in from my right side, but I need to kind of put my head down a little bit in order to get into the van so I don't hit my head on the frame of the door. And also I need to kind of lift my leg up to get it in the car before I can close the door. Because of the tension in my back, both lowering my head and lifting my left leg, let alone simultaneously, Simultaneously was impossible. So I would drag my head against the edge of the frame of the door to get it to pop inside and then shuffle my butt until I could kind of swing my leg in manually. It was quite the process. So I drove to the store, reversed the process to get out, which was painful and difficult, got what I needed. Luckily, having a cart even though I didn't probably have enough stuff that I needed to get a cart, but I got the cart as like an old man with a walker. And boy, was I thankful for that. It actually made me feel like I was walking somewhat normally. And now I understand walkers. I may buy one just for, you know, future elderly falls. But while the cart was helpful, it also meant that every time I grabbed something, and again, I didn't grab that much, but it's like, while I'm here, let me grab a few more things, because I know I'm not leaving the house today. But that meant everything I grabbed, I had to bend over a little bit in order to put it down in the cart. Also meant, as I cashed out, self-checkout, that I had to bend over, reach down into the cart, grab something, scan it, put it in a bag, bend over, grab something out of the cart. This sounds a lot like my laundry debacle. Except this time, I'd already thrown out my back and can't do it twice. 
So I get out to my car, I put the stuff in the trunk, push the cart into the cart corral, and now it is once again this long process to try and get myself in the car, get my head past the door frame, shuffle my butt, lift my leg with my hands into the car. I felt like an idiot. But I managed, I came home, I chilled in the recliner, then I came up, I did a little work on the computer that I needed to do for the school, and then immediately went straight into show prep for this episode and recording this episode. I will tell you that right now, my back is actually feeling better. Not great, but better than it was earlier. Now, perhaps that is because I've been sitting upright in this computer chair for a while and getting up and down to pee or get a Mountain Dew or whatever, and that mobility has kind of kept my back at a point where it's not freezing up like when I sit down in a recliner for a long period of time. It's this constant juggle with back pain where you know your back will feel better when you stay more active, but at the same time, you also know that the best thing for it is rest. It's a juxtaposition. I will tell you the one thing it doesn't need is a chiropractor who's going to make me one of the 12 U.S. deaths. So that's been my last two days of pain, discomfort, and essentially being an elderly person. Thank you again for everyone who continues to tune in. Please make sure that you share this podcast with other people. Please make sure that you subscribe to my podcast so you know when new episodes come out. I know it's every Monday. We know. You know it's every Monday. But hey, wouldn't a little reminder be nice? And if you would like to give me a very favorable rating on the app or channel that you listen to the podcast on, I would appreciate that. As always, you can go follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Until next time, I'm Jeff. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. And I'm Jeff. What the fucking lotion in the basket? Good night. to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little higher cause I've been burned and I've been burned Time's over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Say, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over, but she receded from. To the devil again 
don't really wanna be your friend I've been tried and I've cried and I'm done crying And then I laughed in his face And then I saw the guy on fire He said you don't need to keep me alive Cause I've been burned so many times I'm like lava Covered him with water From the lady of the sea I told her you don't need to rescue me No more, no more Cause the roads and the woods have been winding But now I know Where I'm going Places the lotion in the basket. <laughs>